the new Parkway Theater, where good food, diverse entertainment, and community create a place for everyone. For showtimes and special events, check out www.thenewparkway.com. You are listening to High School 5.0, where real talk is our vernacular. Shout out to Charles White. Come on our show, man. It's kind of right, though, because after dealing with some of the, the big Hollywood uh, producers and directors, yeah, producer, yeah. Yeah. Weinsteins, and. He's sort of right, but I thought that was only with the women. There is definitely some weird uh, shit that goes on in Hollywood, but I don't oh, know. No, it's definitely weird stuff. And, a lot but, of cocaine, a lot of parties. Yeah, but I don't know if Dion had a jack off a white man to get to where you he know, got. That's not Hollywood. <laughs> that's why I'm like, what is he talking about? I think Tom Brady is uh, Dion Sanders. Talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady. They played one Deion of the most Sanders. violent militaristic sports <laughs> known to man. They got respect for each other, so yeah. they commune. And this folks sitting here talking about yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, just, you know, maybe Tom Brady played with Dion's booty hole or something. <laughs> According to Charleston White. Well, I just froze. Come on, man. Jerry, you there? Yeah, what's up? Okay. No, I'm checking my other stuff. What the hell are you talking about, Pedro? No, I was checking checking out my bank stuff and it froze. Yeah, of course it froze. You ain't got no money in it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, want, I would like to know why my uh, credit score dipped by, what is this? 15%? When they realized that you weren't Digimon Houndsu. <laughs> and it went back up to Aaron. Your mic is not plugged in, bro. Dude, my mic. Uh, oh, oh, hold on. The hell are you doing over there? <laughs> I just see the butt end of your mic. Yes. Oh, oh, I was like, dude, it isn't picking up my voice. What's going on? Let me see. Let me see what this nigga doing. <laughs> what a funny. silly Negro. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what such a silly Negro? Okay, mm-hmm. this is it. Okay, same system. Hold on, I got change the microphone now. All right, how do I do that now, Jared? Does that sound better? Yeah, that sounds better, dude. I did not notice. I was like, how can it stop picking up my voice? You know how the lights light up when you talk. I hope it wasn't like that last week. <laughs> no, no, last week it was plugged. In. I unplugged it every week. All right, well, I ain't waiting for these other niggas because. Like I like I played earlier. Dun, 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 dun. What you play the Sunday? You played the uh, round Did robin you? basketball round. Not yet. Somebody contacting him personally. It is prime time, family time. I hate to say it, but NBA basketball Sunday on uh, NBC was so great. Great presentation. You don't have to hate to say it. That was, it was just it was it had its era in time where it was like actually like it, it got awesome. you hyped up. Mm-hmm. Good games. They had great games. They always got great games and great times for the games. I think that's also you know something we could discuss or we discussed has you know the player empowerment movement kind of ruined um, certain professional sports as in like a lot of these players are making enough money have enough you know dire- uh, decision making and power in where they go and who they play with. That like the game and some of those rivalries that evolved from, you know, just having to grind through 
you know, circumstances that are not always under your control or the ones that you would idealize, you know what I'm saying, you know, makes you a different type of player, makes your mentality different, thus makes you uh, even maybe more competitive, which I think is lacking um, potentially in certain sports. The competition level is almost um, conge- was it congenial or was it a um, well, before? Uh, you're right, Aaron, it got me. What <laughs> NBA, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna say that from uh, you, yeah. I mean, no, that's no one's in my cutting corner, but tell Jerry how they got you, Pedro. So they they got my card or NBA TV on reoccurring, they got me signed up. So I did, did the $50 thing last last year, and they snatched $108 out of my account as a reoccurring payment. And I didn't ask for this season NBA package. Well, that's why you missing money, or that's why your credit no. statement is down. No, that's why. No, it's just they're just missing because money. How much did it cost so us money. last year? How much did it cost us last year? Yeah, Forty nine. Matter of fact, no, it's it under cost, fifty. It was no, it's forty nine ninety five. All right. Yeah, for a whole year. No, it's thirty. No, it was man, thirty. No. It was thirty bucks. I got it. I got it for the holiday special. It wasn't the yeah. whole year. It was it was after it was the Black Friday special. It was the Black Friday special that happened before Black Friday. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna dispute this. I'm gonna go ahead and rock with it. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. So it's fifty bucks more. They got me. Y'all ready for uh, ready to start the show? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see where they're taking out the um, YouTube TV. Taking out on the on the first, right? Um, I, I don't know what they supposed to take out on the first. I know my check's supposed to be here on the first. No, so and my check. Oh no, they didn't got me. <laughs> I gotta watch that movie. I gotta watch. Call KC. Jerry, when are we gonna start the movie watching? Because I'm, I'm gonna choose a couple Tubi tracks as mine. Well, we gotta just choose a, a couple days a month to watch movies, and we all gotta, or we gotta watch it and then just choose a day to record. Well, see, Tubi's gonna be a lot easier because they're only they're really short. Even if we just watch it and then talk about it on the next show, because Tubi is short. And just have a segment where we're doing like our little uh, updates. And then they don't, they didn't, I didn't get no email from them either. So this is sus right now. That ain't sus. That's how they do business. Man, that's sus. That's how they do business. No, it's suspect that that's how they do business. All right, fuel. I put $65 in a gas tank. I'm ready, Jared. I'm ready when you are. Yeah, I'm ready, Jared. I, I got to figure out they're not charging me. They're not charging me for YouTube on anything. I can't find it. This is I crazy. Know. I don't know why you're so upset about it. No, because I don't want no surprise fees. I'm going to hey, give me $500. We're going to turn your TV off. Unlike you, unlike you two black people, I take care of my credit. I raise my kids. Sound like you don't. You don't know when, what's going where. I'm like, yeah, I know where my kids are. Where is Diaz? Come on. <laughs> Come on. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and on the Twitter at Horcrux Hipster. Also, check out our uh, TikTok page at the High Score 510 and our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash High Score 510. We got a little giveaway today. Or I'm going to be announcing over the next couple weeks, but uh, we got a. I went to a comedy show, and I got a, a T-shirt. Uh, one of the 
one of the artists at the Roy Wood Comedy Show, uh, Sir Lance Woods. Shout out sponsorship comedian that opened up for him. Was a pretty funny dude. Anyways, the T-shirt I'm giving away to one of our fans is that Dave Stewart T-shirt. Great, great for the podcast listeners. No, no, that just motherfucker just leaves to go get it. In size extra large, but this does not preclude anybody from getting it. I just want to make sure it wasn't too small for one of our winners. And emotional support shirt. Come on, man. All right. So if you can send us via social media or on Instagram, any of our social medias, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, you send us your best pumpkin spice haiku. Uh, we will vote on, uh, we will read them and uh, by Halloween, we will decide the winner. So uh, shout out to uh, Sir Lance Woods on Instagram. Hilarious dude. This shirt is based off one of his jokes about uh, him talking about white people that got uh, service animals that keep bringing on goddamn airplanes. <laughs> so how do I, how do I take my uh, how do I take myself off to being the judge for this competition? Uh, no, you're gonna have to read some of these pumpkin spice haikus, Aaron, because as you know, it is pumpkin spice season, my friends. Oh God, it is pumpkin spice. Don't worry, I don't have anything for us to try today. So, uh, but we do have a giveaway for our fans out there. So tap in, send us your best pumpkin spice haiku and the winner will be announced live on this show that is then released five days later on a friday but it will be announced <laughs> live here you can find out there much you different definition of live <laughs> but regardless we'll announce the winner and uh send it out so aside from that we are here with uh this is ag3 coming at you faster than uh shit. i don't know when i'm coming fast i'm tired I'm tired. It's been a long two weeks. I'm tired, so I ain't moving fast at all. Maybe faster than that roach I killed in the hallway today. Life is bad, y'all. Oh, shit. The roach is getting into the apartment now? Man, that's what happened when they, the dumpster don't get dumped. Man, now they want to discuss it. <laughs> still in the hallway. We're still in the hallway now. We're still good. Sounds like you need Steve Jobs to come fix your apartment. And here's your soundbite, AG3. He changed the world. The world was one way. And then Steve Jobs came, and it was another. What did he do? Somebody, for the love of God, what the fuck did that guy do? What did he do? He told other people what to invent? I want my entire music collection in that phone. Get on it! Right? And then these poor, nameless, faceless scientists got to go in a back room and figure it out. How the fuck are we going to get all of this into this? I mean, what year does this guy think this is? This is crazy. This is like Buck Rogers. Dude, my kid has a birthday in like 11 months. Steve Jobs just walking by. I don't hear any thinking going on in there. <laughs> just strutting around the office, eating some pretentious fruit like a pear. Right? Just throwing out ideas. There's <laughs> another one. Another one I just came up with on the way to work. <laughs> I was reading a magazine the other day, turning pages, you know? I like to turn pages on a screen that aren't even there. Yeah, wrap your fucking heads around that, guys! <laughs> See you in eight years! Uh, shout out to Bill Burr. Talking shit about Aaron's favorite person. He was right about the fruit part. That dude, that dude thought he could cure. He had the one curable pancreatic cancer. 
the one that's curable, that's like 90% curable, right? The one that when you hear the news from the doctor, you got pancreatic cancer, you're like sitting there saying, please say it's that one. Please say it's that one. Because if it's any of the other ones, you're not, you're not let it. Mm -hmm. you, you just got a day. They just tell you, hey, this is how long you probably got. That's all you can ask. <laughs> Where he had the one that's like 90, 90 high 90% chance of surviving. All he had to do is a little bit of chemo. And what does this dude do? Oh, no, no, I'm going to be to eating fruit. <laughs> Just get that in your head. I'm going to eat fruit. And he's on that Dr. Sebi diet. He's on that idiotic diet. Dr. Sebi know how to the alkalines and shit, bro. You get your body pH and balance. Man, yeah, that's Pure the itself. problem. Um, all right, all right. Well, uh, wait, who replaced him? The one that you went on rant on, uh, Tim Cook, man. I went on rant on Cook, man. He 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 lowered the prices somewhat, right? But then shit started falling apart. You know, I my phone the other day couldn't get you know, I mean, oh man, I, I, we got to get through introduction. I'm just gonna say this my phone couldn't get my shit working. Jared was trying to call people at work, trying to call, I'm trying to drop off my car at Ford, trying to take Bart. Got to the point where I got it to finally start off in safe mode. Had to keep it in safe mode the whole day, which means no apps or nothing appear on the phone. And then I was able to reset it. But it, that shit would have never happened under Steve Jobs. I mean, he might be sitting around dying, watching the cells die, thinking fruit's going to cure it. Thinking a pear is going to cure his or, or, or kumquat's going to cure his cancer cell. But at least he made sure my phone was working <laughs> at the highest quality. The highest quality Apple products was at the highest quality under that man. Thank him for that. Shout out to Tim Cook sponsorship. Come on our show. We'd love to talk to you about uh, the uh, design latency in your uh, products. All right. Anyways, uh, and we are here with everybody's favorite mechanic, Captain P Funk, coming at you faster than uh, Sean Payton wanting to leave the Denver Broncos. Ooh, that's gonna be bad. Here's your sound by Pedro. I hate our black celebrities, my nigga. I don't want nothing to do with none of I, I, I don't, I, I see them and act home. I don't even, I be, I don't even speak to them, homie. I don't even speak to them. They be trying to get at me, homie. I don't even speak to them. Because I know what them niggas is. From Dior, Denzel, Tyler, Jay-Z. You gotta suck a white boy's dick to get where they at. I know that with all my heart. <laughs> the guitar ready to come coach your song. You got the jack of white boy's dick off, Sean. And I'm not doing it. Dion had to do it. You cannot reach this elite level where these niggas at if you don't let the white boy play in your ass. You cannot do it, my nigga. You cannot do it. You gotta bend over. You gotta be subservient. You gotta be a dark side nigga. You can't bark at white folks to be a Dion Sanders. You can get mad at them and say certain things, but you can't cuss them and you better not rebuke them. A, a lot of great points. I <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, man, see this is this is this. This is this is this is the reason why. Man, <laughs> Maybe, oh, maybe, maybe Steve Jobs didn't die fast enough. <laughs> maybe he should have got that cancer about 10 years before. Oh, and, and we would have no cell phones. Because no he, so he ain't yelling at people to make smartphones. And, and you know, and maybe we need that. Because it's this idiot. This idiot. This dude can't even pronounce words. He make me, Pedro, and Magic Johnson sound like Brian Gumble. <laughs> 
That's how bad he was at pronouncing shout, words. Shout out to Charleston White for uh, a lot of good points. <laughs> After hearing him talk, when people get through listening to this, this podcast, they're going to call you, Jerry, and be like, hey, when did you get the Gumble Brothers on there? <laughs> Damn, those boy, those dudes are eloquent compared to that first dude you played. Uh, Aaron, that you should, you should, you do got a gumbo resemblance. You should be a gumbo brother for. You should be the third gumbo brother that nobody talks about. Come on, I'm the one that they can't <laughs> pronounce words right, so they, they, they yeah, they kind of don't talk. You the one that, yeah, and you just like, uh, how do you pronounce this this player? Echeverria. <laughs> I'm the one with the with the smallest vocabulary out of the gumbo brothers, so they kind of. You couldn't, you yeah. You tried to announce a game for the Los Angeles uh, uh, Angels when they had that shortstop with that name that you like to say so much. Oh, uh, what was his name? Uh, what was his first name? Uh, oh, uh, Andre, Andre Elton, Andre Elton Simmons, <laughs> Andre Elton. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, well, Pedro, I know you agree with everything he just said, so we'll just leave it at that, I guess. I suppose. Uh, yeah, you know, one of the funny things though. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth, Jared. There's only one controversy thing that I believe in, and that's Paul Walker. <laughs> we actually seen the tape and the proof. I got proof in the tape. I got YouTube and the, and the proof. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Charleston White, come on our show, or maybe not. I don't know. And uh, Steve Jobs, maybe we might. We have to rethink your place in history. You, you have contributed to the, the mass. Uh, destabilization of 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 just our society with all this internet irregular internet no he didn't it started with the bible <laughs> come on oh, jesus uh all right and my name is jared aka dj art with two t's for a double dose of that tink tink the d is silent so it's just jart excuse me to all you non-liking fall people let us be if you don't like fall then just don't like it let us be oh Oh, and another thing, if you don't like pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin spice, anything, pumpkin, anything, let us have it. If you don't like it, you ain't got to keep telling us that it's nasty. That means you don't like it. Don't mean I don't. Oh, oh, and another thing. Yes, I like candy corn. Yes, I do. What about it? What about it? Huh? I like it. Yes, I'm going to the side of the meal. Four, five, six, seven, 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 four, eight, many times I want to go. I'm going. I'm going to get my uh, cider and my donuts. If you don't like fall, we, we don't care. It's our time. Stop asking for the sun to come back. It ain't coming back. It's fall. <laughs> I did like that apple cider uh, donut or whatever. That, no, you, what was that? No, that was a pumpkin spice donut from Colonial Donuts. Shout out to them sponsorship. Yeah, I do, do want to say this. I do want to say this just so our audience know that was a black woman. Oh, yeah, that was a black woman. <laughs> I, if you I think, didn't tell. You know, I think black people like the more artificial pumpkin spice stuff like the coffees and the drinks and the, and the I, I like a fresh like handmade pumpkin pie <laughs> come on mm. no, they ain't eat no pumpkin pie now come on let's get into some uh into some news I, I don't really have any like society news I have not been reading much that might be a good thing feel a little bit like I'm behind been that so might be busy. a good thing it's so busy. I have not had the time to listen to my normal podcast, to read my normal irregular internet articles, and get some quality news for y'all. So they I apologize. Don't me. <laughs> y'all, y'all ain't shit. Well, in news this week, in sports news. Oh no, actually, let's get to question of the day. Question of the day. Uh-huh. Question of the day. Who is the least intimidating player 
in the NBA right now. Here's a video I have to go with this. Five NBA players nobody's scared of. NBA players that nobody is scared of. Starting off right with uh, Grant Williams. Just not a very intimidating person. He looks like a seal. Like, look at dude ass in this fucking tie, bro. Nigga look like a teacher that can't control his classroom, bro. They just be picking on him. Number two, give me Carl Anthony Towns. The little last milligram of intimidation that this nigga cat had went out the window and got hit by a fucking car on the day he opened his mouth and was like, after all that? Then the nigga had the audacity to try to change his fucking voice. At number three, I'll be drafting Kyle Kuzma. I couldn't allow myself to be scared of a nigga who dressed like this and i know y'all gonna be like oh but he's six seven you gotta remember you know he's big as hell but in my opinion that's even worse nigga you six seven dressing like that number four i'm gonna have to go <laughs> dylan brooks that kid got absolutely humiliated he got embarrassed, bro. I don't know why I can't say that. Humiliated. He got humiliated and embarrassed. Got a spanking for having a potty mouth. And lastly, at number five, the NBA player I am least scared of, Rudy Gobert. I don't even have to explain why. Just imagine, like, hearing somebody run up behind you and I go, Look out, it's Rudy Gobert! <laughs> AG3, Pedro. Who is the least intimidating NBA player, in your opinion? Current NBA player. Basically, um, I don't know. My, my 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 pick would probably be about ninety eight percent of the league. Oh, you motherfuckers! <laughs> okay, all right. I'm putting cases on all you bitches, huh? You think you can do this shit, Jay? You think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Ninety eight percent of the league. Is there a reason why 98% of the league is is not intimidating? Because none of them are intimidating. They're all a bunch of softies. They're women. You know, either the ones that try to act hard is probably sitting around beating women. There's a couple of hard ones. Don't get me wrong. There's a couple of them that I know could throw some things, you know, and, and probably can that I, you know, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be intimidated, but I I understand. Like, I, I respect them a little more if we was in a dark alley or, you know, we coming out the bar and, you know, things are being said. I respect them a little more. The rest of them, 98% no, man. And we talk about guys is way bigger than me, but no. Nope, none. 98%. <laughs> okay. Because you said intimidate. I mean, uh, how the fuck am I supposed to be intimidated by any of them, Jerry? All right, all right, all right. So they uh, named Jimmy Butler or that dude out of Detroit. What is his name? Ike? No, Isaiah, no, yeah. Isaiah, uh, Him, Draymond Green, I'll throw up there. Uh, maybe even... Uh, you know, it's probably like he throws some hands. Uh, what's the dude that's tall, not that athletic? Milwaukee Bucks played on his FIBA team, didn't do much. Where's the glasses? Bobby Portis. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, Bobby he, Portis. He knocked out his own teammate, messed up his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> messed up his career. I know he could throw hands. Like I said, there's about there's about a good small three, two to three percent of them that I, I know could throw some hands and be there. But the rest of them, yeah. And, I, and like I said, I'm still not going to sit there and be threatened by him, but I got to respect them, you know. If we are and start the rest of them, man, you seen NBA fights, man, Jared? Look at look at that. Look what I just sent you. A pregnant Maria Taylor is more threatening than half of the league. Yeah, uh, your boy Carl Anthony Towns may be the softest person. Like I said, <laughs> like you seen him, the nicest guy, real good gentleman. But boy, he ain't soft. Yeah, he's soft, man. Yeah, he he, he yeah, get bullied man. by him, Oh man. Yeah, that's you can't get you can't be seven feet and get not ask for the ball when you need to score, man. That to me, and you got all that talent. Come on, man. Uh, of that list, who is the softest to you? 
Is it oh, on Dylan that list? If, I, if I'm just going off that list, no, Dylan Brooks. I like Dylan Brooks. He embraces his villain role. I mean, I I I, I won't call him soft. I mean, he embraces his role. He don't. We're run not saying for soft, it. but I'm intimidating. Fine. I guess. I guess. I mean, not really intimidating. I, he's not intimidating. He's just who he is. He's a pest, right? But you know, he might do some dirty. Where does PJ Tucker fall in the that that list? Is he on the higher end of intimidation or lower end, though, Aaron? He lower end, man. All he do is collect Jordans. Collect Jordans. He sure don't shoot. She don't practice shooting, but mm-hmm. he, he collected enough Jordans to last a lifetime. Do you think there's um there, there's a correlation with the players becoming less intimidating and tough beyond the player empowerment movement, but with like the influx of European players and uh, the game becoming more. The sad part is the Euro- some of the European players are tougher than these players now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jokic is tougher than most of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, I mean, Wimby, he's a stick. He probably gonna get hurt, but I don't know. Wimby, uh, we gonna see. Um, so I mean, especially the Eastern European players, they they tougher than. I think it has to do. I think it's a correlation of entitlement, the entitlement of the NBA players, entitlement that starts being created once you're good enough and recognized as being good from the AU days, right? To um. To, you know, just not having that mental fortitude and just going out there and getting it, you know, and playing. I think it's also I think there's a mental toughness when you're trying to play for if if we think about it, the last big star to play for his own high school was LeBron James a neighborhood high school. Right. We don't get that anymore. These guys don't play for high school. They don't sit there and go to battle and, and, and get in. You know, now you play for these. They play for IG and Academy. They play for these different academies and they go and they play. They lose. Who cares? As long as they get anything ready. Like back then, you know, it was you go into you went into Crenshaw High. I never went and played a game against Crenshaw High. Played a game against Fremont, who had all their championship banners on that wall. It was intimidating. Crowd loud. You know, acting like a bunch of hoodlums. Uh, they weren't hoodlums, excuse me. Acting like a bunch of, you know, any word you want to put in there, but they was acting like it. It was intimidating. These guys, they play in these empty gyms, which is nobody there but college coaches and, and, and scouts and shoe representatives. It's not the same, Jared. Zion played for his high school. Man, Zion played for Popeye's Chicken. He was out there dunking on a bunch of. Uh, he did play for his high school, so uh, uh, okay. Let private, me get wrong. Private school, private Christian schools. I feel like uh, he, he still. Played, he was dunking on private Christian schools. I mean, come on! You tell him he played for his high school. He played against uh, the ball. He played. What was it Lamelo? Oh yeah, they, oh, yeah he was doing one of those. He's doing some of those traveling teams. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. Well, Pedro uh, on that list. Uh, who was the softest or the least intimidating for you? Was it uh, Kuzma? Was it uh, Dylan Brooks? Was it, uh, wait, who was the other? Carl Anthony Towns? I don't think he realized we can't hear him. Are he talking to somebody else? He's talking to somebody else. He's talking to Is he talking to somebody else or he can't hear us? Yeah, no, I already said Carl Anthony Towns, Jared. Oh, I didn't hear that. Was getting to you. <laughs> I just said, uh, I just had a rant about him. I said he's the nicest guy, probably the nicest guy uh, in the NBA, gentleman, scholar. But it just, to me, you not, he's just not, I can see where Jimmy Butler was getting at when he, when he beat him in one-on-one. I, I seen it. He showed it. No, he, he didn't. He didn't beat him at. He didn't beat him at one on one. You got to listen to that story. Oh uh, no way! He beat all of them, didn't 
He took the he, he, he took, said he took the guys that were gonna get cut off the team. He said the back the of the season. bench. He said the last five right. guys, the last four guys on, on the bench against uh, he beat the first team against the first team. First team might like, like I said. And he didn't take any. He didn't take any shots. Here's the crazy thing. When uh, who's that to tell the story? Um, used to be point guard for Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Jared, you Jeff you, Teague. Yeah, Jeff Teague. When Jeff Teague told that story. He uh he talked about Jimmy didn't really shoot. He empowered the rest of them and talked crap and they played scrappy hard and they killed that the starting fire. Yeah. And yeah, it no. Showed, it showed yeah. when it was time for them to show up, except for my man Ant Man. Ant Man is the only one they got any type of, and he was hurt. He I was, think he was just tired too. He's, he's, yeah, he's he tired. was he was banged up, he had a bad shoulder and everything. Because he, he, he played every game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and and for me, like you know, like there's certain types of players, and you, not everyone is that player. So that's that's part of it. So it's not. I don't think that that is. Um, I think I think with the AAU ball and the way it's being kind of you know governed or managed or people are getting opportunities, like yeah, you you don't um, you lose the value of the players who know how to lead or be like who who bring more intangibles. All these guys. A lot of these guys are playing and get to these highest levels and they're playing because they're all the stars of their little traveling team or their their small school, right? And mm-hmm. and then so on top on top of that, like, you know, they're you know, you just, nobody ever kinda yeah, sees that. They don't they don't see the guys that kind of bring the extra value. They don't learn how to play that way or like, you know, saying like seeing cause I think there's just value to see players who you know are more limited than you. Like you know there's levels, they're more limited, but then those guys, their aspirations are to do all the little things or to like pick up, you know, and focus on, you know, their skill set that's going to, they can maximize within the team capacity and seeing that and playing amongst that. I think that would make some of these players more equipped when they come in the NBA to like fill in these team roles. because They've seen other people do it. And now they might realize that they're the ones that's that limited, at least they have a modeling of it. But I don't think they get that as modeled with non-traditional teams. They got all these, these, uh, you know, recruited, you know, uh, Teams that all these guys are trying to be their number ones and shit. So uh, maybe that's maybe that's maybe, maybe maybe we're misjudging AAU though. Maybe AAU is teaching these values and it's just not no, translating not, to man. them figuring out how to become a role player in the NBA because not all y'all gonna be stars. <laughs> it is not because they don't teach team concepts. You learn that at least in college or you know at least in high school where yeah. you might still be the star, but you're you're like you said you're sitting there because I tell you this. The problem with AU is you also get the you also get the jealousy factor, right? The other people there are either along for the ride because they're like, well, maybe I'll get a scholarship because I'm on this person team, right? Mm-hmm. But I know, for example, my niece team, you had the jealousy factor where you know my brother-in-law, especially one of the teams, he was the coach, right? So my niece basically took every goddamn shot she wanted. And mm-hmm. the offense was built around her, and then it got to the point where towards the end, the uh, like she lost some, she lost one of her best friends, who was like the second best player on the team, who was say, you know what, maybe my point per game would be higher if my dad was coaching. Right? She said that at one point, and it's so so you don't have that in high school. You're playing for your school, right? You still, you know, like I remember being in high school, we were still trying to do get our thing and see if we can earn scholarships and stuff like that. But we still were representing our school. We still went to school with each other. It was different. The AU doesn't have that aspect. So now and then these guys are in colleges for one year. So, right. So it's like, okay, basketball season happens four months. You're you're done and over with, you know, four months they are done. And if the ones are good enough to go pro, they're not 
they're not. And even if they're not getting up to go pro, they still enter themselves in the draft. After one year, they're not learning any of the team concepts. Yeah. Well, that's also one of the things I think, you know, coaching a different generation, but I think has been valuable that, that one of the reasons why I think Popovich, Greg Popovich is still a good coach or is one of the top coaches in my eyes is because I think over the years, he's taught like these roles and this team concept better than most other, you know, like there's not a lot of, there, there's a few teams that you can name off that have like really played a really good team style or team concept basketball that hasn't devolved into just like isolation ball and get the ball to your stars as much as possible. You know what I'm saying? Or running, just pick and roll or, or screen uh, picking, uh, just setting the screen on ball. You know what I'm saying? With your best ball handler, your person, your best offensive player. That's what a lot of this turned into. Yeah, but I mean, not... I know, I know the Bay Area affinity. You know, it's funny though. Didn't we find an article on that? No, 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 no. I'm just Bay saying. Talked about that because I, I'll tell you this. He with said the new gener- with the new generation, he hasn't won, and they've been leaving him. Right? No, no, no that's, that's fine. But they're leaving him and being better where they go, which is but, like. But their reason for leaving him is because they're tired of the team ball. No, I, I get that. And well, John Tate Murray accu- left for that reason. They're not accustomed to that. Yeah. And they weren't winning. It's not like they were doing great. So no, that's what I said. But, they're not winning. And they're, so they're like, it's one thing, you know, it's easier to get a bunch of Generation Xers like he had in mm-hmm. Tim Duncan and Ginobili and uh, that little horny French dude. It's easy for him to get a bunch of Generation Xers to be like, oh, well, I'm going to play this team ball, especially because we're winning. Can you get a whole bunch of uh, Generation Zs and end-of-the-line millennials, young millennials, to be like, hey, can I buy into this? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, this is the window where he's maybe more like the A's have been. The A's are like a team that's not going to spend a lot and keep players. Players are not going to want to stay here for the whole career. And so they're almost like a farm system. They develop these players. They give them, they give them the tools to get the opportunity to get in, and then they go other well, places. Who, who, they, who's they farming well. someone? Who left San Antonio and is balling? No, no, I'm not saying balling, but I'm saying, I'm saying, like, so a couple factors. Greg Popovich, his window of being a championship team has closed right now until he gets another player or set of players that can put him in that place. He had that for, like, almost 20 years straight. So he had a great run. Now he's not in that. And the team has been, you know, middling uh, at best the last few years, right? Mm-hmm. But the players he has had... Like, they're not great. They're not always great talent. And some of them are pretty tight, t- dope talents, but, like, they're not great talents necessarily that you're going to win win a title with or you expect to win a title with. But a lot of them have gone on to other teams and been solid and good players or good role players because they've played under Popovich. They came up under Popovich, right? So you have, like, the Kyle Andersons. You have uh, your boy that, that helped beat the Warriors in the playoffs, stepped up big in those fourth quarters. Lonnie Walker played for Popovich, came up with Popovich. So, uh, 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 we argued with this earlier. I, you know, I said uh, DeMar DeRozan became the best version of himself after playing under Popovich, even though he put up less stats scoring-wise than he had his whole career there. But then once he left, he's been averaging like 25, 7, and 8, or 8 and 7, like almost 25, basically 7 and 7, which he was never even close to, you know, when he started his career. So I'm just saying, like, I think he, I think he teaches these players or he puts them in a situation where they learn these things, and when they go on to the next team, you know what I'm saying, even if they don't all win there because the talent combination isn't good enough, they, they seem to do pretty well and be, like, still good players for other teams. You know what this reminds me of, what you're saying, Jared? It reminds me of... Um, when Niner fans would tell me, especially when the, when the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray, how much they loved the Cardinals, I finally discovered why. And it's because the Cardinals, they, they would never root for Seattle or the Rams who were actually competition for them. 
they'll root for the team that's not competition because they they got to play Seattle and the Rams at least four games. So they rooting hard for the Cardinals. That's what this argument is, man. Whenever I have to get a Warrior fan that that roots for the Spurs, the Spurs, the Spurs become the goddamn seventy-two Dolphins to Warrior fans' head. Whenever they start explaining how good the Spurs were. Well, anyways, anyways, all I'm saying is that Greg Popovich is a good coach, but also I don't know how we even got here. Let's move on. Uh, Pedro, because we're talking about entitled players. Oh, entitled. Oh yeah. So, uh, anyways, yeah. None of these fools is that intimidating anymore. I want Kevin Willis back in the league. He kind of scared me when he had. Oh, Kevin Willis! Out. I'm gonna tell you, Jerry Stackhouse is probably one of the last ones. Jerry Stackhouse could throw them hands. Kevin Willis was intimidating. We all know about Charles Oakley and the rest of them. Uh, you know, there were some players back in the day. Yeah, a lot more than now. Yeah, a lot more than now. All right. Well, uh, in in sports news. Let me hear the uh, sports news. I hear Jason screaming in, in, the, in the living room right now because something happened in the Raiders. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What happened with the Raider game? Uh, Jimmy Graffalo almost got the – well, one, he missed the pass uh-huh. to a wide-open dude. And then on the next pass, he almost got uh, he almost got Devontae Adams killed throwing over the middle. I mean, Devontae Adams caught it, but it got dislodged. Dude hit him with all shoulder in the chest, but it, it was a hit. hit. Bitch, I'll never forgive you for this. It's like, what is he doing, dude? He almost got – he's doing – it was like three people. He got corralled by a bunch of people on that. He, he lofted it up high, so he had to, like, stretch his body up in the air, jump and stretch his body, and, uh, and it was a linebacker just laid full shoulder. I mean, head of steam into him. Is he hurt? No, he got up, but he was he was he was on the ground. He was sitting on his ass for a second, looking up like he shook his head, like he was not happy. He was like, "That's one of those things that that's that's a career it was ender." One of those, one of those snot, those snock knockers, like all the snot. <laughs> I was going, yeah, it's not the snot out of him. Probably it could have, it could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been worse. It put like this: the referees threw two flags, and then they picked them up because they were right. They were right. It was all shoulder pad into the chest. Like, yeah, you can't flag it, but. Yeah, no. Nah. Well, at least they got that call right. There's been some. Uh, you know, in other news, we'll talk about some of these uh, these bullshit penalties. But uh, in other news, Haley Van Voorhees. Wait, Van <laughs> Voorhees. Voorhees, dude. Sorry, Va- Haley Van Voorhees became the first woman to play in a college football game at a position other than kicker. She, she registered a quarterback. Hurry. She registered a quarterback, Curry. He basically tacked him away after he threw that ball. Oh, it, was, too. it was a late hit, too. Yeah. It <laughs> I should have given her a hurry and a, and a penalty on that play. The five foot six, 145 pound junior yeah, she registered ripped. a quarterback, Curry, in Shenandoah's 48 to 7 home win over Juanita. Can you tell me what that means? Actually, it's Juniata College. This is Division three football, by the way. I'm just going to, the context for everybody. But, she got a hurry, and she had this to say after the game. It's an amazing thing, Van Horry. He's told the Post, Washington Post, that is, shout out sponsorship, uh, pay us, we'll read your articles for you. Um, <laughs> quote, it's an amazing thing. I just wanted to get out there and do my thing. I want to show other people this is what women can do to show what I can do. It's a big moment. I made the impossible possible, and I'm excited about that. End quote. Has Haley Van Voorhees made the impossible possible? Nigga, please. 
I mean, I I give her a lot of credit. Thanks, courage. You know, did she did she, she allow dream. did she allow fruit to cure? Uh, <laughs> she following her dream, man. You From know? now on, if you get that, uh, uh, what, what's his name, the Apple guy? You get that. Uh, Steve Jobs, that pancreatic <laughs> cancer. You get that Steve Jobs, and you you know saying now you can just eat fruit. <laughs> Yeah. That's why Felix here. Mitchell. That's why Felix Mitchell died in that jail cell over a box of fruit. He was trying to. Maybe he knew he was trying to get ahead of the cancer. Yeah, like well, like Haley Voorhees. Let me enter my inner Stu Gods oh, from God. the Dan Levitard show and say this: Do it in the Division One. Let's <laughs> just move up to Division Two. You don't have to go as far as Division. Well, how about this? How about I'll do it on the road. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, it's like. Do it in a hailstorm. Now take a lock, take a shower in the locker room with the man. <laughs> Come on. Oh Lord, I'm sorry. I was Cut making it a, uh, out. Feminist. You know what? She, she following her dream. Feminist. She following her dream. No, no. I don't I, think it was feminist. That was just her interviewing. Out. She ripped feminist. though. I saw a picture of her. She is ripped. Yeah, she kind of yelled. She got. Yeah. She, yeah, she got some guns okay. on her. Right. Does she have nuts on her? <laughs> Tell me, he didn't just say that. Oh my God. I'm sorry, that's isn't, there, isn't, isn't there a woman football league? I don't know half the NBA 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 teams got nuts on them. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> they intimidate the NBA. Yeah, they ain't got enough testosterone to intimidate nothing. Playing the G League, G League is uh, got a, probably got a bunch of females in there too. So it's, yeah, just just doing the division one. Show me something. Hey, Come so, on, man. That's asking too much from her. Yeah. No, I, I and 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 to be clear, like that I think it's tight that she played in the game and, and we fully support women pursuing that. I just was like, you remember last week in my I don't corners. support it. <laughs> Mother Jimmy won't even play a woman in a Madden video game. I don't want no woman playing football with a bunch of men. Pedro sound like Uncle Jimmy. I don't want to see a woman in the NFL no more than I want to see Ronda Rousey versus Floyd Mayweather in a cage match against Brock Lesnar. No more than I want to see Lisa Leslie trying to block out Zion Williamson for the last Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah, I, like, mean, it, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I, you know, it, it, it would be scary to watch, you know, that that situation. And then we get, yeah, and then she gets a crackback block and all the men get blamed for it. Yeah, no, but I think they have to probably go Cut through. It out. They got to go through a fair amount in practice to even get to that point. Like a coach would be if they did it as a publicity stunt, and like the coach is like, yeah, they had one day of practice, and you know they're kind of tough, or they played tackle up until middle school or through high up to high school, but uh, they didn't play in high school, and, and they, they want to come back. We're gonna do it as a publicity stunt. Yeah, that's that's bad. But if if she's been part of the team, she's been practicing and training with the team throughout. Like yeah, then I'm like, right. hey, for sure. That's that's yeah, that's yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't seem like she's starting or anything. So it's like you yeah. said, Jared. They okay. they put her yeah. in situations she can handle. Mm, yeah. yeah. Right. And so and here's the other thing. Sure. Here's <laughs> they no man there, so there's no man on that team protecting that woman at all. It's now, a, she wants to be on the coaching staff. She's on defense, Pedro. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's but she wants to be on the coaching staff. I'm all for women coaching. I mean, let, let her play. Oh, it ain't like it ain't like she's trying no, to. I don't want league. her to play with no dude 
when they, she get that crack black. And did you see? Black. But Pedro, I don't mind you, if she playing the game, it's Division Three, so they ain't, it ain't like she playing against. <laughs> there was a couple of dudes in there that look look like they they will get cut off the Berkeley High team. <laughs> Pedro, yeah, let me put it like this, Pedro. You, you <laughs> if if you would have stuck with football and took it serious, you would have you would have played that. You wouldn't have played Division Three. You could have played that. No, shit you would have been Division Two. You would have been, been Division Three. You would have been one or two, Pedro. You might have been a low one or a high two. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have been nowhere near Division Three, Pedro. Yeah, Divis- the- like like Jared said, Division Three are the fools that probably got cut in high school. Pedro, this is the college. It's non-scholarship, Pedro. The colleges whose names look like they should be like headliners on a marquee at a at a concert venue and not a college. It's like- half the names, <laughs> half the names look like they just they we look we're reading the credits to Joanna Man. Shenandoah, Shenandoah. That's like wasn't that wasn't that somebody that played with Prince? Or someone that opened up for friends. Yeah, so I'm off for look. I'm off a woman. Of course, it's Juniata. I'm I'm with that. Um, no, but my the one thing that I found, like I thought, I was like, I was like, this is a cool, this is a cool story. That's that's dope. I remember they had the kicker a couple years ago that kicked a, a field goal and and one of them, a couple <laughs> kickers, right? That's that's been the the. It was the that Vanderbilt one, one, remember? Yeah, and there was one other one that played in like a Division two game as a kicker too, or something like that. So I was like, this is cool. That's like I I, I can appreciate progress and in, in breaking convention. Whether this is like something that we should like, not saying that we should expect seeing more and more women playing football with men, but just like as some that to be done by somebody in their own personal pursuit to achieve something cool story like and the thing is she she's in college now i mean what's really blowing up in high school is the women's uh flag football it's blowing up man i mean it's big when i was in la last week like i I think i brought it up how much it was it was on the front page of uh la times and even up here up here berkeley high's team is getting a lot of pub and run i've read another news article on the so i mean she was pedro maybe she was a little younger she'll be on one of those teams but i mean you know women love football too as we see as we see when we look at the games and look in the stands and look at who's spending money on jersey i changed my mind so let me change my mind I support I support women. I support women 100% in the kitchen. This <laughs> is worse than Uncle Jimmy. I will hit stick a woman's weave into another area. <laughs> yeah, what was that his name? Was that his name? Uncle Jimmy on? Uh, Uncle Jimmy on uh, uh, Marcella, yeah, Marcellus and Jason Kunas Whitlock. Oh, that man, a woman, hundred percent. I think, I think dreams. Pedro, I think Pedro saying this so he can get a job working with Jason Whitlock. I think I'd like to recander my comment. <laughs> I support women in all their dreams. Hey, Tuning but, out with Jason Whitlock. So they want to have two or three babies. <laughs> Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffalo uh, and the Colorado Buffaloes got slobber knocked by the Oregon Ducks, forty-two to six. Uh, this is what he had to say after the game. <laughs> it's a good old-fashioned butt kicking. It's no excuses, no nothing. Um, their coaches did a heck of a job preparing their team. Obviously, we didn't. <laughs> See, this is the problem with Oregon, man. This is the problem with Oregon. The game's at Oregon, right? Uh-huh. He's sitting there at a Costco table, floor level. Like, just, uh, Oregon's just a tacky-ass place, man. You know what? Uh, Did you see the locker rooms? Did you see the business room? Uh, rooms? And they got all that money, and they They gonna be just tacky. Don't be you. You don't fix up the business team locker room, but you don't be tacky with it. Yeah, they did. I think they did everything in purpose. Uh, Oregon's just tacky. He's sitting at a Costco table. 
no, no, no banner, no, no, no girdle around the table, nothing. Just a Costco <laughs> table. The room is echoing. And with with Dion's situation, everyone's gonna look at his feet now. Yeah, I know. And that's what I'm like, dude. I was looking. And I'm like, dude, this is just this low class. What kind of the, shoes you know, is he wearing? This is what I expect from a place in Oregon, the place that look. Uh, when I was working with his basketball and a guy kept saying just the craziest shit to me, just I mean, it got to the point where I was like, the next thing he's going to say is racial because it's only that's the last step, last line he got across. I'm over here, you know, doing my job with the women's basketball team. They go in at halftime and I start heading up that thing. I was about to whip that dude's ass. I told Josh I might not be on a flight back. I don't know what's going to happen. I might be in trouble, but I got it. And Josh, Jay Hag, sit there and say, Aaron, do what you got to do. And I went up them fly. I went up the the uh, stands, and I was going to whip that dude's ass. And then this, I felt a hand grab me and wouldn't let go. And there was another brother there, and he said, "He said I hear everything you're saying, brother. I know it's hard, man. But think about this. In like two more hours, you gone. You get to go home. I gotta stay here and finish my schooling here. That's the only thing that calmed me down. And I thank that brother because I was gonna whip that white dude ass. Uh, and so, it's, Oregon's just a tacky place. But if we want to stick to the game, mm-hmm. they got they got they got stampeded, right? They the yeah. Buffalo, but they got stampeded. There was a clear there was a clear differentiation between one team's Talent ability levels. to yeah one team's ability just to run the ball and just mm-hmm. you know you know out execute. It looked like it was it wasn't like a scheme thing as much as it was like they were just hat on a hat bigger and better than them. Yeah, uh, they the just trenches. ran over them. And and like he said, like Deion Sanders, I do give Deion this, and I wasn't one of these people who were sitting here. Who was like a Dion, like, like you know, I follow, I follow college football a little, so I'm not one of these people that's buying into the hype, right? I knew it was, I, I said they were gonna lose the next couple of games at Oregon and USC, and I felt like they were gonna get, and USC defense not good, but I, I think they'll be good enough to probably hold, 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 hold Shadour and them to maybe twenty something points while they scoring fifty, um, and I just say this. I like what Deion Sanders said with the coach, Coach Prime. Excuse me. I like what Coach Prime said when he said, "Hey, you know what? Just get me now." He said, "Get me now while you can," because he is. I will say this: he is changing the game, recruiting wise, transfer portal wise, and everything. And I think players are going to like that. Players are going to like how honest he is. He's not. He's not over here lying. He's not lying to players. He's not saying I'm trying to get you an education and things like that. Not while he's not overtly saying that to us. But we know you come to Colorado, you're going to get you an NIL deal. You go coach prime, you're going to get taught. He, he, when he got Travis Hunter, he said, I'm going to coach you up so you get ready for the next level. Right? He was mm-hmm. sitting up here talking about, oh, oh I'm going to make you a good man. You're going to get a degree and you're going to be a great husband. All that other bullshit that, that, that Saban and all that, all those fucking lies. Think about all those recruits that Nick Saban had for years. The reason why Alabama is so sauce now, because back in the day, he was sitting in, he was sitting in people's living rooms, lying to those guys. And meanwhile, those guys could have been starting at other places at Auburn, at AM, at, uh, at UC at, Berkeley. At, at, yeah, no, I doubt that. <laughs> no, no, they would have chose bigger schools than that. But they probably would have been starting at USC or, you know, or or maybe they would have gone to like a Miami or someplace that had that that Missouri. And he was getting them, telling them, oh, you're going to start here. You know, you he all he kept saying, you know, I'm, you know how my players go to NFL. So meanwhile, they sit there and sit on this bench for four years and never play. Some of them never play. And it was a genius move because he also kept the other teams weaker. Right. He brought him in, and now Dion's not lying to you. 
And I think players are going to appreciate that more. And players want, they're going to gravitate more to the Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, than they're going to gravitate to Nick Saban. Yeah. Well, no, there is a, I saw a video where the guy was talking about the Nick Saban in the transfer porter, like really hitting him hard because now, like, they don't, don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, even like Alvin Kamara was like, I'm third on the depth chart of Alabama right now. Or so think, best, and think and about that. Tennessee. And now it's before the transfer portal. He also had to sit out another year. He, when he went to Tennessee, he didn't play for one year. He transferred. And then even back then, there was no transfer portal. The coaches had to help you transfer. Mm-hmm. So the coaches helped him transfer, but he didn't He because the coach had to make the call for it. Now that power is out of people like Nick Saban here. No more of that game, no more. Now it's in the players' hands, which it should be. Now it's in the, and now a coach like Prime. You sound like a going, leftist. I sound like someone who's, who said, you know what, this system was 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 closer to slavery and it was one paid, one paid person, one person getting all the money while you like I had no problem with college players not getting paid back then, especially because the money wasn't big back then. But I didn't like how the rules were around that. I didn't like the transfer rules. I didn't like how coaches could leave and go to another school and start playing. They didn't have to wait anything, but players had to one use the coach and no, the transfer portal. And that's why everybody in Alabama hitting it now. They ain't got to wait for him. They ain't even got to tell his ass. Yeah, and that's tight, though, too, because they dissolved the NCAA pretty much in, like, their power, what they can do other than sanction you maybe still, I guess. I don't know. They, can they still do that? Uh, They they try. They can. But they, they're losing that power now. Most of so these teams are like, we're going to self-impose. Own, yeah. and then self-impose and doing nothing, dude. Doing nothing. But I think there does need to be a body that's in charge because you do need a governed body. No, no, you need a governing body, but they should just be an administrative governing body that is not there. Yeah, that's there to manage things as they need to be managed, but not not become some entire multi-billion dollar corporation. Um, All right. Well, uh, is this officially the end of the hype train? Of Coach Prime in the Colorado Buffs this season, no. as as Oregon Ducks Absolutely coach said, not. they they hunt for clicks. We hunt for wins. This game ain't gonna be won in Hollywood. It's gonna be won on that field. Is that what he said? Yeah. And then they went in there and they stomped a mud hole in there, so it must have worked. Yeah. <laughs> well, how many times Oregon sit up there and get killed by a, a team punched them in the mouth like Utah? Utah's punched him in the mouth like the last three years. Yeah, no, I th- I think what you saw, yeah, Coach Prime, his team. I I think even though he got some transfers to come in and he brought some of his own players, and he inherited a team like this team was talent was talent depleted as a program, right? It was it was not talent. They won rich. one game. They won one game. Yeah, they were not talent rich. Um, so what they have is more, probably more talented than what they had last year cuz they've already yes. won more games but, but they're not deep but they're not they're deep not deep and their top talent on you know might not match up as well with some of the it's not going to match up as well with some of these other schools top talent and, no no and, and look, especially look, especially if you're not they, catching them on guard anymore and he's, he's, he's recruiting like he's, he's recruiting um coaches like i think he's got Warren Sapp on the on the uh, waiting list next next year for defensive Coordinator spot or defensive line spot? I'm not sure. Hopefully, just a line That's, spot. I don't know. He's that, coordinator. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he learned from Tony Dungy, so I mean, yeah, no, he played for Tony Dungy. Don't mean he learned from him. 
Yeah, that's true. He probably sometimes when you have like that natural talent, you know, you I like the guys like Mike Vrabel, right? Like the guys who had to really work hard. They didn't have the the naturally gifted talent because they had to accept coaching and they had to work hard at it. They had to study a lot harder. Not to say Warren Sapp didn't study, but it ain't the same as like a guy like the reason why you see players like Dan Campbell and, and Mike Vrabel make good coaches. Right. And, and Mike Tomlin and even Tony Dungy himself. Tony Dungy was like a backup cornerback. Right. You know, Tony Dungy, Herm Edwards, these guys, they were they were on the team. They made some plays here and there, but they were the backups. They're the guys that really have to work hard to stay. They have to study. They're really up under the coach taking, accepting coaching. Right. Some of these natural talent. Do you think, do you think like Dion turned himself into a great coach? Because I think it's also the way he he's tackled the system and, and motivates. Right the way he's tackled the system and motivates. But do you think Dion took, you think Dion took a lot of coaching when he was in, in the NBA, NFL? And you could tell he didn't because he wasn't as polished as a corner as like Daryl Green or anyone like them, right? And so he wasn't as polished, but he had the athletic ability up the yin-yang. And so, so I mean, I I, I can see where Sap moving to a different time. I'm gonna tell you this: they're gonna go on another run. It's just not now. They're gonna lose the next couple of games. They got USC going into Colorado next week. Caleb Williams is just a real deal. Uh, like I said, like I'm at the agree with Nick Wright. Caleb Williams is probably about the uh, maybe the eighth best quarterback in the United States right now. And that's eighth best in quarterback NFL. in the NFL. That's not in the, in the NFL. In the NFL, he's the eighth best quarterback, even though he's not in the NFL right now. He he might be moving up the ranks. He looked good. He nah, looked good. Man, he got an arm. He's throw. He's sling that ball. He played bad yesterday, and he it's, put up forty two points. He played bad, and he scored five touchdowns, three passing, and two rushing. And he rarely run, but he's fast as hell. That 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 boy, good man. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I just hope that Arizona Cardinals could win enough games. I hope the Rams can lose enough. We we got our number one pick this year. <laughs> I, I'm ready to throw in the towel, man, and just get Caleb Williams. Keep him in L.A., man. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's they're gonna lose the next couple. Then they end the year in a tough spot. Like they go, they got Cal. You know, they got okay after they play after they play USC. They got a state. They'll probably beat them uh, at a state. Then they got Stanford. They'll probably win that game. Uh, and then that UCLA, I think that, probably I think that, that I think the USC game would be interesting. Um, I don't think they're going to play. I, I think they're going to keep that close. I don't it might be, that might be able to win because that defense, USC's defense, whoever the defense coordinator is, he ain't the guy. Yeah, but the only reason they'll they don't have it, it seemed like they got I, one. What they got that one defensive tackle they got from uh, the ACC, and the rest of them dudes look like West no, Coast. I, I, I agree, I, but the thing is, it's still USC, so their their defensive their defensive players are still going to be better than most of Colorado's offensive players, right? Like Jared said, the trenches is going to be they they still big and got size, and so. They're, I, I think, like I said, I think Colorado Aaron, will score. They let some white dude drag him for like 200 yards yesterday. And, 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 and they're not even good. Arizona's not good. They they going through everybody and transferred out of there because all the uh, sanctions they got against them. And they got, and, they, and USC was getting gouged. Okay, they beat them by, by how many touchdowns? Like four or three touchdowns? They, they, they beat them at the end of the game. Arizona controlled that game. That's what I said. Caleb Williams had a terrible game and still scored five touchdowns. He was playing bad and they still and they still won. That's because it's a horrible Arizona team. 
They, it might be closer, but I don't. USC's winning. USC gonna win that game, Pedro. The USC's eighth in the country for a reason. They gonna win I'm that saying, game. As I'm saying, it's, it's gonna be close. But right? they still go win that. Uh, this, I see that the next competition game will be Oregon State. Then they got Arizona, so they'll win that one. Washington State's ranked 16 this year, playing good. The end of the year, Utah. That's gonna be the most interesting game. Uh, Oregon State's going to be interesting because Oregon State's in the top 20. Oregon State got a great defense for some weird reason. But. If they get any of their rhythm against Utah, uh, Colorado beats Utah. Well, the thing about Utah, Utah's a great offense. points against UCLA. But the Utah's is strong in the trenches. They'll run the ball. They'll keep it out their hand. And Utah's also the best that's defensive what I, that's team. That's I said. If they, if they get there, if Colorado gets their rhythm, if Shador Sanders plays like he played in the first two games, they can beat Utah. Believe me on that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they can keep rolling again, Jared. They, the high train can get back up again. They'll keep rolling. I didn't expect them to go undefeated. The problem was what I like to call uh, our Twitter world that we live in, right? Our, our social media world we live in, Jared, mm-hmm. was you had people. I talked to two people last week who was like, man, I watched that third. They watched the game against Colorado State, and I was like, and they're like, did you watch that one? I was like, no, I watched the other two games. I wasn't going to watch that one. That one wasn't going to be a good one, even though it ended up being good. I watched the, oh, all the overtimes. But I was like, that's that was like the worst one to watch. If anyone that knows college football knew that they that this team, if he could get this team to be a double-digit win team with only like two or, or two or three losses, if they win nine games, it was a remarkable season for this team. No, if they finish with a winning record, it's remarkable. The bar has been raised that like people were starting to hype them up to think that they could be like National undefeated champion. or, you know, and I, I might even bought into it, but like, oh man, I'd be tight if they could, you know, keep winning and like, get, get into some kind of playoff. But like, I realistically, it's still, it still felt like it was a, like, it's kind of like a dream scenario. And that's without me even looking at like the competition that they had to play this year. Like, and when you think about it, it's like, oh yeah, Oregon's a good team. That's a good program. It has a lot of money. They're going to, they're always going to be. They're never not going to be trying to find the next new best thing, right? And that's what Oregon does. Oregon's always going to be fast. They're always going to be offensive and fast, yeah. right? And then USC is always going to be good, right? And then you got Utah that's always going to have defense. The Pac-12, for its last year, the teams are good this year for its last year. If they would have been like this the last five years, maybe the Pac-12 wouldn't be dissolving. No, I think, well, here's the thing. I think the Pac-12... You know, I I think the Pac-12 doesn't get enough representation in the bowl games, and part of it is because it's fucking twelve teams. You know, you not you don't get okay. the favor of some of these like the Big Twelve or like the uh, or, or okay. the SEC. So like, but you're taking each other out. Like, I think the the level of play and the that's why I, I always still see a lot of Pac Pac-12 or Pac-10 players in particular when it's still the Pac-10. You would get a lot of like good team good teams. You know what I'm saying? Are good players coming out of these teams, like from all throughout the Pac-10, right? And yeah, but uh, I, th- I think that was the USC was being good enough. Once USC got the national prom, Pete Carroll got the national prominence. Yeah, you started seeing more recruits just come, like recruits who wanted to go to USC were like, okay, well, come to the West Coast. I can't play that, so I'll go to Oregon or I'll go to Cal. Right? You started seeing teams like Cal get good. Even Washington start come back and get back in the string. Arizona had a run during that time. Yeah. Well, you saw you saw more pro style offenses also being run yes, more regularly yes, through these teams in this division. You know, not every team had ran a pro style offense, but it was more percentage of the Pac-10 played pro style offenses than the SEC or the Big yes, Ten. I agree. And so, yeah, so I, I feel like the the bar has been raised. But if they can get to like six or seven wins this season, have a winning record, that'd be great. If they can stay in the conversation for like 
you know, the Pac-12 title or some kind of um, stay in the in, in the top 25 by the end of the season. I think that that'll be also a great season for them. If they if they're somehow in the top 25 at the end of the season, that's essentially it would be like a great achievement. So anyways, anything else on Coach Prime? Coach Prime doing a great job. Not yet. All right. Uh, well, is there any other sports news? Y'all talk about NFL a little bit. Do NFL updates? Uh, well, I want to know why you were so upset watching the Saints game. You text about it like three or four times. I'm not All right. And uh, in sports news, DJ Hart was frustrated by the Saints versus the Packers game, where the Packers trailed 17, 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter, and came back to win eighteen to seventeen. After going for it on a, uh, after scoring a touchdown on a fourth down play, they went for two so that when they did score again, they could just kick the field goal and get the, the lead. It was, anyways, anyways, um, in that game, Derek Carr, my boy Derek Carr got hurt, AC joint pain. He done for a little bit, man. He was out the game and Jameis Winston played like a scared little boy out there. Unfortunately. He did not throw the ball around the way we expect Jameis, famous Jameis, throw that ball around. He would not check it around, you know. Rashawn Gary also, I heard, had three sacks or more, something, something like that. He was balling, I guess. But uh, regardless of which, um, I also got to watch the Green Bay offense, which, you know, to some degree was mildly entertaining. If you consider repeated jump balls down the right sideline, uh, entertaining football, then sure. That's what, that's like 70% of the passes I saw him throw were just down the sideline, a jump ball for his receiver. Like nine out of 10 were not caught. <laughs> they finally caught one is the big touchdown. Like, yeah, motherfucker, that's why we do this. It's like, it's, not, it's also why you could not score any points until the fourth quarter. You keep running some poop ass, stupid ass offense. Anyways, um, so you know, Jordan Love looks like he's got a he's got a live arm. I don't know if he's the most accurate right now. Um, I like to see him test the middle of the field more. He made a couple of decent throws in the middle of the field, but also missed a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, man, the Packers got lucky today, and uh, Dad Carr, man, he might be the savior that the Saints need if he's injured. We're gonna see what Jameis Winston can be. I hope he don't blow it. That's all I know. It. And, uh, in other news, Dallas Cowboys got their butt kicked by the Arizona Cardinals. Everything I said last week is voided. <laughs> Don't, this team is not built different. <laughs> Come on, Jerry, man. It was one week, man. Oh, Lord. It's a, it's a young season still. We ain't in a quarter of the way through the year yet. I don't know. For me, seeing the Cowboys, I didn't see the game, so I have no idea. All I know is that they were playing from behind the whole game. And that's not how they want to play. That's not going to be a recipe for success. Success. I think Dak Prescott can lead them and, you know, bring them back in games. But at the same time, like, we got to be better. You know, it, it was a rough game. I heard that they rested or some of their offensive linemen starting O-line was out. So that, that probably didn't help with the run game or the pass protection. So that could have been an issue. Um, but, uh, you know, just the, it's just, you know, it's just the Cowboys, man. So, you know, you're going to be high one week. And feeling good about yourself, and then the next week you're gonna be like, "Oh no, 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 no!" They're gonna remind you who they are. So, anyways, the Cowboys lost. Fuck that shit. I didn't see the game, so I can't even really say that much about it. All I can say it's is, it's a lost. young week, Jerry. It's a young, it's a young NFL season. We're still, you know, I made some proclaim to someone who's an older Niner fan, and he was quick to remind me that the season just started. Right? He it could go any direction. Right? You get injuries. Teams get better. Teams rally around each other. Teams figure it out. Teams figure out, you know, 
who can step into what position better to fill in for somebody. It's still a young season and a lot of figuring out to do. I remember when Sean Payton first took over his first year in New Orleans and he just signed Drew Brees. And uh, I remember watching, not that year, the second year in preseason that year, Drew Brees played three games of preseason. And the first games, you know, he played a couple, one series. The second game, he played like a quarter. And then the third game, he played three quarters. And I remember just seeing him just clicking on all cylinders, right? Clicking on all cylinders. And then I thought about like, and then they went on to win the Super Bowl day. I remember telling people, hey, man, I think the Saints win the Super Bowl this year, man. I've just been watching preseason. And they, they remind me of the Rams when the Rams, uh, Kurt Warner, and they were just clicking, right? Like, well, they were clicking with Trent Green <laughs> up into game four. But Trent Green only misfired on one pass. He even completed the pass that shredded his knee. But I was just like, damn this. And I remember telling someone I was working in the city. And I was like, man, I think this is the Rams year. And people were like, what, man? Shut up, right? I'm like, no, man, this is the Rams year. And I was like, this is the Rams. I'm a Ram fan. It's the Rams year. And they're like, the, yeah, right. I remember Marshawn. I was play, thought I was full of it. I was like, no, dude, they've been clicking. And every, but you don't get that anymore. Like before you could see that and you're like, damn, this team. I remember back in 92, I, I remember it was like 91, right before the Cowboys. It was like the first year they made the playoffs with the big three. Uh, and I remember me and my brother-in-law, we were watching them click. And then we had to pick up someone at the airport uh, during the, it was like the first game of regular season. You know, every game wasn't on TV then, but they were going over stats on the radio and they're like, Michael Irvin caught nine balls. And this was Alvin Harper's rookie year. And he goes, man, as soon as they get this boy, Alvin Harper on ball involved, you know, he's the deep threat. They get him like more, you know, figure out how to work him into it. They're going to be unstoppable. Aaron, you remember that Pedro big Eric, bigger when we used to make our predictions, he mm. basically called Dallas, but, but part of that was because you, they played preseason, they practice hard, they played preseason so you could see from game one who your better teams were, who was going to do what. But, Jared, I'll be out nowadays. They don't play enough preseason. You know, you really don't really start filling out the NFL. To like week yeah, it's really, yeah, week it's really hard to tell. And, and they're throwing a ball a lot more often. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, it, you really have to get in the rhythm when you, when you throw a ball. When you throw the ball every down like they do in the NFL, you really got to – Week six, we won't know yeah. really what. I mean, people are gonna win games. Like, look, you saw the Chiefs lose the first game, and then they gonna they gonna and then play a team that they probably should have killed, and it was close. And then, and Chiefs will still be there at the end of the year. Week six, still man. A blowout. Well, I'm not, I'm not talking about Chicago. I was talking about yes. Oh, that, yeah, last that's week, last still seventeen nine. Yeah, I mean they won seventeen nothing. Yeah, they did. The defense dominated that whole game uh, because. Everybody fell for the Trevor Lawrence uh, hype. That is, and then they yeah, went out there that, and got blown up by last, Yeah, and that was the last last year. You got to remember they started off slow. Um, they didn't get their rhythm. So people, these teams are not going to get their rhythm until, like you said, six games in, Aaron. Yeah, six and games in. Well, the you Cowboys the need to get their rhythm there. back to not playing like mediocre dog shit. Oh, no, that's yeah. Well, the defense still look like it can play a little bit. Yeah, I take Jared. The defense didn't show up, and then they had all well, they had three offensive linemen not play, so their rhythm was way off. And on top of that, I'm gonna go ahead and say this: this is the hot take. This is the hot take of the uh, week for the NFL season. Dak Prescott doesn't have it. He doesn't have yeah. it. You can't throw an interception like that. Uh, the one at the end of the game. 
Yeah, you can't throw that. Can't that ball cannot be thrown? I seen the 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 receiver route. They showed it on um, NFL Network. I seen the receiver route was horrible. That play call was trash, like the stuff they was calling last last year. But you cannot, you cannot force it between two safeties and a linebacker. That was a horrible throw. He's trying to find his ticket out of there, and he he's, he just earned it right there. Jerry Jones seen that and was like, let's get this nigga out of here, uh, Chris Christie. <laughs> yeah, get your, Chris Christie called him Chris Christie to get him out. No, no, no Chris, Chris Christie, Christie was always booth. sitting in the booth with him. Oh, he was sitting in the booth with him? Yeah. I wonder if Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones is supporting him or Trump this year, huh, Jerry? No, he can, Jerry. he's trying to get – Jerry Jones is trying to get back to some reasonable uh, Republicans. So he's probably throwing some money. He's going to throw some money. He's like, y'all about to burn down the whole party and fuck up everybody's money. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's crazy so, nut jobs. That's another thing that. that, that and, uh, and no, he that, probably knows Trump is going to jail. Jerry Jones. Aaron, Aaron our political uh, issues right now, other than Charleston White, uh, our political issues are also in big part to your boy, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Probably so. All, the, all to, the social media got all these stupid people getting opportunities to run for Congress and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking and, and following theories and just spouting them off at the mouth. But play that Charleston White again in a second so I can see what words he couldn't pronounce. <laughs> that brother couldn't pronounce Denzel. He couldn't pronounce anything. Come on, look at look at look at the Costco. T- he can barely get his feet underneath the table, Deontay. Uh, I think his feet were hanging past the knees, table. No, well, he can't put his knees up. The damn Costco. They the got a small chair. Costco table and a phone <laughs> chair. Look at this. Like the there's a scene between the boards they put down to be the facade of the ground. That's what I'm telling you, man. Oregon, man, not classy, man. Forget. I wish Big Ten kick him out. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Let's see what he. I, but I feel like a lot of the, there are the, the LeVar Balls out there. There are a lot of dads who put their son in a certain position so they could get to the league, so they don't could generate want, don't, millions. Don't, listen, did they blackball that man? I hate our black celebrities, my nigga. I don't want nothing to do with none of I, I, I don't. I, I see them and act home. I don't even speak to them, homie. I don't even speak to them. They be trying to get at me, homie. I don't even speak to them. Because I know what them niggas is. From Dior, Denzel, yes. Tyler, Jay-Z. You got to suck a white boy's dick to get where they at. I know that with all my heart. <laughs> to get Tom Brady to come oh, coach your son, you got to jack a white boy's dick off, Sean. And I'm not doing it. Dion had to do it. <laughs> all my art. All my art to get Tom Beatty to Trump except coach your son. That man ain't got an education. Who the hell is he? Why do people he follow probably, him? Because he, he, he says he says he he's done a lot of cocaine in his time. So I don't he's know. He can afford it, man. That's the problem with YouTube. Is I'm talking about this time. Now. No, he's, he's just he's, it now. He's one of the dudes. He's somebody who just says shit, and he knows people see it. And they're like, man, I can't believe this dude says shit. People are gonna get him. And every time people try and come at him, he always carry around guns and weapons and be like, I ain't playing with you. You fuck no, I me. I saw when he took out a knife on this dude. Yeah, nah, he's, he's been online several times in this house with his guns being like, y'all come talk to me. You don't mess with me. I, I don't play. I don't play that. So how come, how, dirty. The fools lose their contract with the Raiders for doing that. But people just, if you ain't got no job, I guess you could just do it on social media all and, day. I, unless he gets moderated by the platform for stuff, that's the only other way. But you know, if people aren't reporting them and there's like, this is hilarious because it's a Negro doing some ignorant shit. 
Well, is he in his house pulling weapons out? Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's in his house yeah. though, so you can do it in your house. Yeah, you do it in your house. It's not on the street. Yeah, yeah. he's out of Cal- Oakland, right? No, hell no. Nah. He's yeah, somewhere. No, no, no. He ain't. Oh. He, he's no, he was one of your Oakland Charleston members. White. Nah, we don't claim him. Nobody claiming him. <laughs> Nobody claiming him. That man got an education of an American slave. He'll say whatever he needs to say, but he's usually railing against black people of some sort. But then he says he loves us and he don't trust the white man. But then he'd be dressed as a Klan man doing some coon ass shit and some kind of I don't know. He this got nigga the education of an outdoor slave. He just say. He just say. <laughs> He's like the one that that stayed on that one same crop their whole life could never, never smart mm-hmm. enough to, to work other parts enough. of the field. All they got, they just got him digging the holes to plant the new seeds and just picking because he can't. He he don't recognize what season it is or nothing. Just ignorant, <laughs> ignorant slave. Slave master had one man. He ignorant. He he more ignorant than this than the boys that got kicked in the head by mules. You cannot reach this elite level where these niggas at. If you don't let the white boy play in your ass, you cannot do it, my nigga. <laughs> he'll have uh, he'll have kids think there's no dream in Hollywood. He'll have kids think there's absolutely no dream in Hollywood. Just like I uh, just like I, I discourage people from having uh, irregular sex. This is what this dude's doing with people's dreams. You cannot do it. You gotta bend over. You gotta be subservient. You gotta be a docile nigga. You can't bark at white folks to be a Dion Shatton. Was that a docile? Was that him You can to get docile? mad at him and say certain uh, things, yeah. but you can't cuss him and you better not rebuke him. A, a lot of great points. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great points. That's all you can comment on it. Let's get to Cutty Corner shout outs. Cutty Corner shout outs. Cutty Corner Shoutouts is a segment we end the show on where everyone gets a chance to rant, complain, or highlight something positive in the world. Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Oops, wrong. Pl- sorry. <laughs> it's time. It's time. It's time. Like I said, I need a bacchiata me. <laughs> Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? You know I do. You know I do. My Cutty Corner shout out goes out to Jay-Z for just being overall, uh, not just being like Tupac said in uh, the beginning of Blasphemy. Or he had that dude saying the beginning of Blasphemy. Uh, Jay-Z of Hawaiian Sophie fame and the several other corny sounding motherfuckers. Right? Uh, um Jay-Z, man, I don't know if he's a puppet. I don't know what I want to call Jay-Z, man. I want to give him credit for the empire he's built, the billion-dollar industry he's made himself, coming, especially coming from Marcy Projects, right? I know I know, come from Marcy Projects with my boy Lala, right? I mean, he's 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 worked hard. He's He deserved everything he's gotten. He's worked his ass off. But just, it's just several moves that he makes just make me think why, right? And this one is... Why the hell did he choose Usher to do the halftime, Super Bowl halftime show? Like, why do anybody want to sit here and watch Usher? Are you worried? You're trying to you're trying to include the demographics of black women watching the halftime show? 
right? Why Usher? I'm not understanding what he gonna sing my confession. What happened to the days of having the halftime show be performed by the people who like dance and move around? Last year you had a pregnant Rihanna, right? She couldn't dance, her lip syncing was off, everything else. Still love Rihanna, but you know what? That was not the time for her to do that show. It was nice. I mean, she was on some platforms and shit, you know, look like Super Mario Smash, Super Smash Brothers, but without Earl Thomas. I personally live vicariously through my women. And it was still good, though. But why? I mean, I just, you know, usually have time she'll generate excitement, man. I, I mean, bring out a pop star. This is a time for pop stars. So, Usher, come on, man. Come on, man. You gonna bring out Tom from, uh, from Boondocks, too? Bitch, get your ass in the car. Kiss my ass, you little dick faggot motherfucker. If you was any kind of real man, I wouldn't be here with Usher in the first place. Wait, hold on. I, I don't think that's what Sarah would say. It's now tragically obvious that reasoning with the bitch is not going to work, Tom. You have to hit her. I'm an assistant district attorney, for Christ's sake. Tom, you have to get past this. It's okay, faggot. Really? See, faggot, she just gave you permission. Ah! I know why he did it. You know a lot of people turned down. What? 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 Uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan. Look how they tied his ass. I told him not to hit this button. Michael B. Jordan is auditioning for the Super Bowl halftime show. What would Michael B. Jordan do? Hey, Auntie. Hey, hey Auntie Beyonce. You know, I, I might not sing. I might not dance. I didn't get the role for James Brown because Chadwick Boseman got it. I didn't get the role for, I also went out for Jackie Robinson, but Chadwick got that too. Then I tried to Audition for Walking Dead, but Chadwick Boseman beat me to that too. So I, I might not be able to sing dance, but I get up and I could do some improv, right? I mean, I am somebody. I am everybody. I am. I'm wearing a Kaepernick jersey and say, I'm going to take this Super Bowl off your hands. Pedro, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? My uh, Cutty Cutter shout-out goes to Deion Sanders. Not because of his coaching. Let's, let's give Deion a lot of credit. Let's give him bundles. Let's, let's give him his flowers, whatever these folks be saying now. Let's give him his praise. He's doing a I think he's doing it from what he had and what he had to come up to. Um, he's doing a great job. It's, it's, it was well more. It's like it's more than every, what everybody expected, you know. We won again. We open up beating BIU. Shador Sanders looks like he can be an NFL prospect. But this is where I kind of draw the line. It's just this is the stupid black people society thing going on here. This nigga had every hip hop star, every Negro celebrity. Everybody can imagine this on the cool side of the game on the sideline. That nigga had cocaine snorting Michael, Michael Irvin. He had the Wu-Tang Clan. He had Cameron. He had, uh, what's the, Key Glock. 
and bebop and rock study. He had uh he had uh uh uh, uh Eric B and Rakim, he had Snoop Dogg, he had Dr. Dre, he, he, he had, had he had Leonardo, he Raphael, Michelangelo, and Donatello. Help me help me out there. Y'all can help me out. Y'all jump in on this. This nigga had every Negro icon you can think of on the sideline of those games. He had Shannon Sharp, Big Lip, Big Tongue Ass up there. <laughs> this nigga had everybody that was popular. Every it just it's just and I'm like, dude, it, 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 you're at prime time. You don't you don't need you just all you need is yourself. You are the best cornerback that we have ever seen. Okay. We don't need nobody else. We don't need all these people. You don't. You don't have to impress these kids. Impress these kids with some knowledge. I'm just tired of this showmanship. That I kind of have to agree with the other coaches when they were start doing all that hating. You prime time, man. You don't. You don't need all those celebrities and everybody on the sideline and get niggas re, uh, recruiting. Well, maybe you do because that's when all you niggas do is celebrate celebrities. Y'all, y'all can't, y'all can't just go on just on the prime time. Uh, you can't go to Colorado just on the prime time dime. Y'all, y'all need all the extra celebrities. You need all the support. You need to say, "Hey, man, I got all these celebrities backing me." Y'all got to come here. No, you prime time. You come on prime time. You don't need all that extra showmanship on the side. Y'all get see, y'all got distracted. You lost, got your behind kicked from all those distractions. And almost lost two games that you had no business losing to. Or we almost lost to Colorado, but you had no business keeping close. That that squad is has been as terrible as Buffalo. So, yeah, Dion, come on, man. It, it, I understand fighting one or two guys, but you didn't have this nigga had the whole Wu Tang Clan. Everybody got a press credential. I think I was on the sideline. <laughs> With a high score five one zero podcast sticker on, it's important. We probably got we got we probably got uh extra listeners this week, Jerry, because I was on the sideline dancing and skipping with a uh, key Glock. With, with, with Stephen A. Smith. With Stephen A. Smith, I was on a private jet. I, he flew me private jet out there, Jared, on Spirit. <laughs> on Spirit, I heard you was on Value Jet. All right, well, uh, my Cutty Corner shout-out goes out partially to myself and mainly to Wingstop. Wingstop, let me just say something to y'all. I ain't had y'all in a while. There's a good reason for it. It took like an hour to get an order of like 10 wings from y'all, like on numerous occasions where y'all just didn't have your shit together. And I said, I'm not going to waste my time with this place anymore. Were the wings that I got good? They were decent. Were they... The best I had, no. Were they good enough to make me say, hey, I'm going to look past these glaring deficiencies for this quality? I said, no. But I've noticed a lot of people like Wingstop. They seem to enjoy Wingstop. And I and I always have this old um, premonition, not premonition, uh, just sentiment that I haven't, you know, given a chance to, like, see if I, it would change or should change. Um, so I said, you know, this sentiment's like about 10 years old now when Wingstop was, you know, still pretty early on. So let's go to Wingstop today. You know, I was out and about. Um, out and about, you know, just, you know, hanging out, helping out my buddy Dave. Shout out to Bike Vallejo and their uh, Pedal Fest event today. 
they had races going on. They had uh, they had like uh, obstacle courses. They had uh, swap meet. They had food trucks. They had uh, Dave put on a uh, bike rodeo safety course for children to learn how to uh, ride around safely. Obstacle course he sets up every year, so that was cool. Uh, yeah, so I was out and about, and I was coming. And I was you know heading heading over to my mama's to have lunch and watch the latest episode of um, Only Murders in the Building. That's a great show, by the way. Let me have y'all seen it? Mm-mm. Have y'all watched it? Oh no, it looks good. It does look good. It's though. a good show. And if you enjoy theater, it is even more good. Er. <laughs> Anyways. I enjoy way. theater when I'm with Lauren Berber. Berber. <laughs> <laughs> you give me the theater with her, I'll pay top dollar. About <laughs> top dollar orchestra seats. <laughs> but regardless of which, there was a wing stop on the way. I said, you know what? I'm gonna change that today. I'm out about this. Let's go to Wingstop. So I go to Wingstop. I order uh, a 10 piece combo. Get a soda, some fries, and two flavor sauces. I go with the eight, hey, the lemon, lemon pepper. I go with that. Just that's a good standard one. Do they got their seasoning right? And then uh, their uh, what is it? Basic hot or whatever. Like which is supposed to be like their standard buffalo, right? Because you know you gotta be, you gotta do buffalo right. You ain't a wing spot if your buffalo ain't hidden. I had the wings. They were decent. They were good. They were solid. The buffalo ones were a little bit, they weren't crispy the way I would like them to be. The lemon pepper ones were crispy. Well, good. they had a good crisp on them. So that's that's kind of a strike on them. But then also, um, their fries were kind of mediocre. It's like they put sugar on their fries and shit. I was like, man. Yeah, I two, I, yeah the fries it. I, was like, ah. I was like, man, I want sh- sweet fries, man. Just make, how about you just get some sweet potatoes and fry the motherfuckers? Don't like try and make these potatoes. <laughs> these not even like they're soggiest. They try to like, make some cold roussette potatoes sweet. Yeah, I know. I don't, so that was a, that was a letdown. Um, the soda was soda. So uh, I sipped a little bit of that and that was, that tasted all right. And is, but um, my real issue is the fact that. You know, the sauce, the buffalo sauce was decent. The lemon pepper was like a little bit artificially flavored. So like, it was like, it was tasted good, but it was like, this isn't like fresh. This is like salt and more salt and more other whatever. <laughs> and um, it really set in to me like that, how mid it is, uh, although it tastes good. And you know, just people might really like it. And I'm just not, no, I'm not gonna hate on that, but I'm gonna let you know it's mid for show, mid, mid. Their their red sauce had the nerve to stain my motherfucking fingers for about the last nine hours, eight hours of the day. So I have, it looks like I've been, you know, saying you know, I applied uh, that artificial uh, tanner. You know, people put on that artificial tanner, it turns your hands, your, your skin kind of orangish, <laughs> pseudo brownish. <laughs> like my fingers from Buffalo sauce at Wingstop, look, my fingertips and my nails partially look like that. I don't know what the fuck I just ate. I said, I don't know. What did I eat? So I ate something that stained. It's, it's going to stain my fingers. It's probably staining my insides. Wingstop. What the fuck kind of sauce y'all using? It wasn't that good, but does it need to stain my fingers? A standard place other than a strip club Pedro used to go to a lot, it would be Hooters. <laughs> Hooters got some good wings. Hooters, like they will do your, and you get the whole wing. You don't get these fucking tiny little wings that, I was like, Wingstop, I thought y'all had the whole wing. This is Wingstop. Y'all used to have it. They couldn't sustain it though, because they too cheap. That's what it tells you. You want good wings, go to Hooters. They'll bread it for you or they're not bread it for you. They'll fry it hard for you or they're not. And they got about 48 different sauces that are usually all pretty good. And their buffalo don't stain your fingers for eight to nine hours. And they fries ain't sweet. 
with sugar in them. I like these sugar fries. That's how I got diabetes. <laughs> and you get, you know, you see some beautiful busty women wearing leggings and high socks. I ain't never been to Hooters. <laughs> You've never been to Hooters, bro? Nope. Is there one out here? I ain't know there's one out here. Mm, there's one in the South Bay, and there's one in Sacramento. In Thomas, that's one I've been to a bunch. Sound like it ain't one out here. Ahead, the only Hooters I've been to was in Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska. And it was good. They do their wings well. They know how to do their wings. Like So if you ever need a good wing spot and you're near one, like you're trying to choose Wingstop or Buffalo Wild Wings or Hooters, go to Hooters. You might pay a little bit more, but the wings is good. I ain't never been to Hooters, but yeah, don't know. And you might see some beautiful women's walking around looking like they about to work out with Richard Simmons. Come on. <laughs> Wearing leggings. <laughs> yeah. My Hooters had, well, yeah, no, they had stockings and uh, shorts. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a black chick in there, man. She was looking good. A uh, couple of white women. Yeah, I wasn't even trying to go there that much. Honestly, as my my girlfriend at the time liked going to Hooters because she's like, their wings are hella good. <laughs> they're better than any other places. So that's where we go to get wings. Like, their, their wings are good enough to where you can go there and just be like, we're going to eat wings tonight. And you get a little fries on the side stuff, but like, you're going to get some good ass wings. That's going to be your meal. Now, like, you know, some of these wing stop, I felt like that should have been just like the, the appetizer for what should have been the rest of my meal. Yeah, wing stop ain't really that great, man. <laughs> Those fries That's are right. awful. I got a niece and my sister loved the fries. I'm like, what? You just like sugar on it? I don't understand what you love about it. No, I have a taste for the fries. I like the fries. This is sugar on top of they soggy. I'm with Jared. Fries aren't supposed to be soggy. I'm not supposed to use a fork to eat fries. I'm supposed to be able to dip them into ketchup. Not have to pour ketchup on it like I'm some hick, some hillbilly hick. You, you gotta have a distinct taste. Yeah, distinct taste for shit. You personally don't like sugar in your grits either. Nah, nah, it makes sense. Because you're a big lip southern nigga. <laughs> Is it free? Do you have to pay for parking at this fair in, in Las Vegas? I got to ask Crystal. Man, who the hell? Do you think one of us has been to a fair in Las Vegas? I, no, I, the, I, I can't um, the strat, not just not no the, the the thing that looks like an eyeball or the oh the spear. spear. Well, I called it the fair. Of course, well, I heard Vegas is open up. They charge it for parking now. That's gonna be the new thing they're doing. They're... Okay, some. All right. Uh, yeah, ready? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, goddamn, Pedro, you talking about fees to pay at, uh, at a, what fair? What fair? Are you if, if, if it ain't, no, he's, he's talking about the spear, but he said the fair, Jared. The spear. I didn't say the fair. I said you the did spear. say the fair. He then he saw the fair. He said the fair, nigga. Oh, you know, you know why? Because I'm looking at the. Uh, you're right. Because I am looking at the uh, Arizona fair this year. <laughs> goddamn, Pedro. <laughs> this motherfucker. Yeah, old man brain. brain kicking in. Hit that magic moment button. I'm the old man brain never left. <laughs> that man brain came out at birth. And the so funny thing, he gonna on. say, he gonna sit here and tell you hit the magic moment button. Yeah, you know, I got that old man brain. Go ahead and hit that button. Pedro was born wearing church church shoes with Doctor Scholl's inserts. <laughs> Come on, I was born. I was born with church socks on. 
Pedro. <laughs> Pedro was uh, born with uh, talcum powder already uh, dampened into his moist parts. <laughs> Come on. I was, uh, I was I was I was I was born with a cigarette. <laughs> born with a cigarette and a goatee. <laughs> he was born with a uh, with a soft package of Paul Miles in his pocket. <laughs> in his hand. I was fully clothed when I was born. Pedro Pedro, Pedro was born with a set of weighted dice in his hand. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> in a tracksuit. Pedro, the first baby that left the hospital with a tracksuit on. A brown tracksuit. Well, uh, that is our show, my friends. That is our show. Hey, remember, send us your best pumpkin spice haiku you can give multiple entries to for a chance to win our what is it called again it's the um uh, the 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 spirit uh, the emotional, emotional support emotional so you can win yourself a emotional support t-shirt from comedian sir lance woods shout out sponsorship and uh the best haiku will be read on the show I heard Pedro try to take a 40 in the church saying that was his emotional support 40. 